I mean, I am so proud to be an American. Actually, she said I was about to take my own life. That you're not alone and that your brain is lying to you and that people do care about you and you will be missed if you're gone. I lost my daughter. She died by suicide. And I looked at him. I knew he was dead. And then I had to go treat the guy who shot him. And don't give up. Negu. N-E-G-U. Never, ever give up. Thank you for tuning in to this special series of Faith in Your Recovery. We're coming to you live from Lucas Oil Stadium at the Fire Department International Conference. We hope you enjoy these stories from the front lines. Stay tuned and God bless. Welcome to Faith in Your Recovery. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. Along with me is Michael Murphy of Ravenna, Ohio. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Tell the folks what your occupation is, where you're at in life right now. Uh, where I'm at right now is uh, just currently retired from being a firefighter paramedic as a career. So How long were you was, at that, Michael? I was a firefighter paramedic for 15 years. For 15 yeah. years? Yes, wow. I was. And then I uh, ended up getting head, earned, injured on a job. So I ended up having to have to lead the career. Aha. Uh-huh. So. I thought you looked a little young yeah, to be yeah. retired it, by age. I, I do look young for my age, but at the same time, in reality, if I was still on the job, I'd have two and a half years till retirement. Okay. So I got in early. You know, I got in young, so. You were you know. able to get out a little <laughs> yeah. earlier, yeah. unfortunately. Well, yeah, th- earlier than I wanted. Yeah, but. yeah. Was was it a meaningful career to you? It was. It was my life. You know, it's um, you know, like most, you know, first responders, it is, it's, it's your identity. You know, you you become your career. Um, you know, unlike you know a lot of other careers. Yeah, yeah. So it it takes that kind of commitment, that kind of seriousness, that kind of willingness to give, at any moment, all day long, in the next moment as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I can't imagine what it's like to go out on a call, especially one filled with a lot of trauma, and to deal with those moments, that possible death or the calamities of it all. To go back to the station and in five minutes you're out on another call before you can process what you've just been through. It's, it's um, you know, when you're on the job and on the job, you know, so long, and, and it's it's different for everybody. You, um, a lot of people, we shut off our emotions, you know, and it's uh, it's sad to say, you know, but it's one of those things you have to have that switch. You've got to be able to control yourself or you yeah. can't be of any benefit if yeah. you're, you know, and, and I'm not trying to make light of anything, but if you're feeling like putty, you can't be very strong for anyone. No. Physically, no. emotionally, or anything else. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. So how did you deal with the trauma through the years? How did you find your peace after a loss or the woulda, coulda, shouldas, or, Yeah. For, for me, when I was on the job, a lot of it was, um, you know, I worked, and I worked a lot. Um, you know, when you're, when you're away from the job, you know, that's, you know, that's where your you know, mind can wander, that's where stuff, but you do, you do, you work a lot, you dive yourself into the job. And, um, you know, it, it's sad to say, first responders don't get paid a lot, so you do have yeah. to put in the hours to actually, you know, you know earn a living, so, um, you know, overtime helps. Does that almost become an addictive lifestyle? And I know it's not a drug or alcohol, but... I mean, yeah. I mean, if you you are, you know, definitely, you know, like the adrenaline, you know, 
you know, nothing's, you know, nothing's like kind of going into a house fire. You know, it's, um, you know, you're, you're going in there to save life and property, but at the same time, you get to go in and break stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the good side. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you know, you try to save as much as you can, but, you know, you're, you know, you get to sit there and, you know, put wet stuff on the hot stuff and, and break stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, you got the good side too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so then there's a little bit of danger in there. So what led you into that career? Um, sad, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, I, you know, like most people, it was my father. Um, but, you know, how I got led into it uh, wasn't, you know, the typical path. You know, yes, my dad was, uh, he was a part-time, you know, and volunteer fireman. And, uh, you know, he thought it would be a good career for me. But it was more so, um, you know, both my sisters, you know, dropped out of college. And by the time I was in high school, you know, I got told I wasn't even allowed to go, you know. You know, they wasted his money, and I was. These are older sisters. Yeah, these were older sisters. They kind of set a path. <laughs> they, that they, they set a path that you know I expected up, you yeah. to follow, and, and they didn't want that. Yeah, so it's um, you know, I wasn't. I was told I wasn't allowed to go to college, and you know, I was uh, kind of just trying to find my way in high school, and my dad was like, "Here," and um, it was one of those things. I was like, "Yeah, I could do that," and um, I did, you know, and and uh, you know. And, with all the negativity around me, I did. So. Yes, yes. Tell us about some of the experiences in your life, moments that that have caused you to deal with yourself the most deeply. Um, kind of go deeper on that question. Like, okay. What do you mean? Sure, sure. You mentioned to me earlier that you've had your challenge with mental health issues yeah. and things that have gone on. What are the experiences that created that in you or caused you to, you know, have to step up or to step away, however you may have handled it? I mean, you know, I will like most, like most, you know, first responders and like most people in general. I mean, I didn't deal with my mental health at all. I mean, at all. Um, I ignored it. I, you know, pushed it aside. I worked more. You know, I, you know, did everything I could to get away from it. Um, it wasn't until, you know, after I got hurt and got retired that I had to start facing it, and I still didn't want to face it. And, and, you know, I, it was, you know, after losses and everything else, I finally broke, you know. And, and I mean, we can get into it further, but when I broke, I broke, and I had to find help. So um, I was I was there to the end, you know, trying to fight, you know, push it away up until I couldn't do it anymore. So, so what happened at that point? Um, we got I got in a fight with my wife and, you know, I, I ended up going into the bedroom and I just literally broke down and and she came in and she was like, hey, you know, she's like, you, you need you need help. And I was like, I do. So and that's what, you know, sent me to a center. So. Okay, what center did you go to? I ended up going to the Center of Excellence, the International Association of Firefighters Center of His Excellence. So it's a it's a center just for you know union firemen. So it's just firemen that were there, and uh, you know so you're a lot of people are dealing with you know similar or the same problems sure. or, or overlapping problems that you can maybe relate to. It says we're 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 different than other people. You know, so we kind of need a little bit extra, you know, special treatments, you know, sort of like a soldier. A different understanding, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah, I Somebody mean, who gets it. Yeah, you know, a soldier sees trauma, you know, when they're deployed for six months, you know. And, you know, they don't, they don't 
you know, when you become a soldier, they don't really go through any mental psychological testing. But as a fireman, you do. And, you know, to see if you're able to do the job first. But, you know, you're, you're seeing traumas, you know, every shift for 25, 30 years. So for me, it was only 15. But, you know, I had other things on top of that, you know, so, yeah. you know, I, I had to deal with. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that during that time, during that trauma, that you were doing your best to set aside instead of setting it aside, you're stacking it probably. Oh, absolutely. And the day came where you had to climb over it and just couldn't make that climb. Yeah. I mean, I focused completely on, you know, it was it was completely on survival, completely on, you know, my wife, my son, making sure that they had what they needed, you know, before myself. You know, it was it was literally survival. It was just to the next day, you know, get what they need. It wasn't was it. living life. No. It was just getting through. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. That had to be a tough time in a lot of ways. And oh, that it was. Had I to mean, build upon what was already there. Yeah, or? I mean, because, I mean, you, you figure everything, you know, you're, you know, at, you know, during those times you're dealing with, you know, loss of job, you know, you know, that comes, you know, at times financial restraints, you know, you're dealing with I loss of identity and then, you know, health problems, you know, and then amongst of other things. So, yeah, I mean, it just, it just kept on building and I kept on stacking and didn't care, you know, just let it be there, try, you know, head down, grind forward. Finally, it came crashing down. Yeah, yeah. When I had to sit down and do nothing, yes. it, it, it came back. Those demons came. Caught up. Oh, with yeah, you. sir. Let's look back. Would you go through the same experiences again where you are today if you knew you were going to deal with what you had <laughs> to deal with? You know, I can't. I can't answer that honestly. Okay. It okay. is. Um, That's fair. And I, I think, as you know, you know, being what I've gone through, I, I live. I live my life by saying, and now, and it's. Um, and it's really kind of helped me with my healing path. Um, I actually got a tattoo on my arm with it. It is. Uh, you know, the person you were is the person you needed to be to be the person you are today. Hit us um, with that again. I love it. Well, hit it <laughs> the, it's, the person you were is the person you needed to be to be the person you are today. Okay. Um, it's actually a, a screen name of mine um, on social media. It, it basically means is that, you know, wherever you, whatever you've been through, you know, what you did, who you were at that point is whatever the outcome was cr uh, created you into that moment of who you are now. Um, even the people around you, you know, how they were, like, you know, your parents raising you, how they raised you. It is how they were is how they created you to be the person you are today. Got that. Um, you know, however you are today, you know, good or bad, you know, your past is what created you. You know, your past doesn't make you, but it's what created you. Got that. So your past is much like a recipe. You put yeah. in a spoon of this, a cup of that, it's going to come out with a finished product. Yeah. This was it, but it you know, doesn't mean that product can't be changed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, got exactly. you where you are, but you're going to have to stay where you are, be who you are. Exactly. Awesome. I like that. That's, it's, that's, a, it's, it's a therapist told me that, and it just, it actually took, you know, a couple of weeks for it to actually sink in. But, you know, another therapist, you know, through a group sat there and said something and that statement hit me like a two by four literally across the head and i was like wow okay that, like i get it i get good it. stuff yeah good and stuff. it just is stuck yeah yeah so michael go ahead let's say there's somebody else out there who they were in the shoes you were in and you know 
few years back. What's the advice you'd give them? And I know and you know that no one path's going to get us all there or we wouldn't be dealing with what we're dealing with. But what would you like to say to that individual who's struggling, who's building that stack? How could you help them move forward before it tumbles on them? It, it's, uh, it's not over. Um, simply put, um, <clears throat> you, know, it, it, you know, even if you're at the, your darkest times, you know, there's light. I mean, it's, it's not over. Um, you know, the worst, you know, yes, you might have to deal with, you know, your traumas. You might have to deal with continued, you know, injuries, illnesses, but, you know, it, it's not over. Um, you know, you, you have to see the greatness. You have to see, you know, what's still there, what the possibility is still there, um, and find, you know, find your way, you know, find what's meaningful to you. Um, and that's simply it. It, it. The point is, you know, for me, it's you have to sit there and put you first. Um, and it sounds, you know, stupid. It sounds cliche. But the whole time I've been talking to you, I was telling you, like, hey, like, you know, I put my head down. My wife was first. My son was first. My, you know, everything was first but me. And I broke. Like, I could only handle it so far. And I look back and I mean, my marriage wasn't great. I mean, it was there. You know, my wife loves me. She's still beside me. But, like, you know, go to find out, like, how I was acting, you know, the, you know, the anger that was coming out. You know, our marriage was rougher than I thought, you know, but we're still together. There um, was probably some denial there. Oh, absolutely. Just like you were dealing with absolutely. as far as putting everything else aside. You yeah. refused to see the struggle. Yeah, I mean, I was angry at the world. I mean... You know, I dealing with injuries, dealing with an illness, you know, just everything in the past. Yeah, I mean, I was angry at the world. You know, I didn't see a future. And, um, you know, my future's not, you know, I tell people my future and they're like, oh, um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not roses. You know, my future's not roses. But at the same time, you know, I'm here, you know, it, it's, it's the point of, you know, living today, um, you know, and taking today, putting you first. Because if you're not, you know, if if you're not 100, percent if you're not putting you first, you can't give everybody else around exactly. you that you love the port that they need. I like, believe that. You know, if, if you know you're like, oh, I give everything to my wife and son. Well, no, you're not because if you're not 100, percent you can't give that yeah. to them. We, so. I think we get into the mind of thinking it's selfishness when we take care of ourselves yeah. first. Oh, I could be doing for somebody else or I could be producing something. But if you can't produce good mental health, you're not going to produce good actions outside of that moment. And, and it's tough. You know, to, to find that identity, you mentioned that with the loss of the job. How are you doing with the transition? How's that working for you? <laughs> there's, uh, it was rough, you know, for a while. There's, there's denial. It's, you miss it. I mean, you do miss it. You know, like I said, you know, being a first responder becomes part of your identity. Um, so, you know, losing, losing your career, you lost part of your identity. Um, so it's a loss of part of yourself. So it's... Um, you know, I, I am absolutely happy to be at FDIC for the first time in my life. Um, and it's sad I'm no longer a fireman. But um, I'm absolutely stoked that I still get to be kind of part of the, the system here. Um, you know, whether it's mental health and it's part of me. 
You well, know, you so. still have that fireman's mind, that fireman's oh. heart. Just because you're not active when the uh, when the alarm goes off doesn't mean it's not in you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. Where do you see yourself going in the future? What are plans <laughs> there? Have you been able to look there yet? You know what? I have no idea. Okay. Um, and that's kind of exciting in a way. Um, just for the simple fact is... Um, I don't, I don't have to. Um, and it's kind of awesome in a way. It's, uh, I've, I've really, you know, through, through our marriage and everything, I've really supported my wife and kind of put her through school. And um, she's in a position to where, you know, she's making enough money. I don't need to supplement anything so I can just, you know, be retired, um, which I've never been before. Um, so that's kind of nice, but it's weird in the same time. Um, and... In, in reality, it's there's a lot of things, even though I look the way I look, I can't do. Like, I can't stand a long time. So there's a lot of restrictions. Um, I did become a realtor um, for a little bit. Um, didn't quite like it. <laughs> I, I did. okay, too. I, yeah, you don't have to. And um, I made good money, though. It got, you know, got us in a good financial position as well. Um, so I am very appreciative of that. But like right now, it's really my focus is on, you know, just helping others in, you know, with mental health, with first responders. Um, how do you do that? How's, yeah, yeah. How are you living so that out? It, it's uh, obviously I sit on the board for the worldwide peer support, you know, that I'm here at the FDIC with now. Um, I also uh, I don't sit there and publicize this too much, but I'm actually a TikTok creator. Um, when I said my screen name it, uh, is actually the person I am today. So um, if you went on TikTok, you could find me. Um, I don't make much money. I'm not like TikTok creators actually, you know, unless you have like millions and millions of yes, followers. Yes. Yeah, I make pennies. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Tell the folks about the worldwide peer uh, recovery support. Is that? Yeah, the worldwide peer support. Yeah, tell okay. them about um, that. Yeah, so the worldwide peer support that I'm here with today, uh, we offer peer support to first responders three days a week, uh, twice on Sunday. Uh, it's coming. The Sunday meeting in the afternoon is actually coming from England. And if we need to help find uh, first responder treatment, uh, to, whether it's mental health or substance, we try to place them if they need it, and uh, also with any financial uh, hardships that may be, we try to find scholarships or a so way to form. How do folks tie into that? How can they get involved with that? How do they get into those classes? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, you can actually get into the worldwide peer support uh, to a meeting just by going to www.worldwidepeersupport.org and clicking on one of the Zoom links right down below. Uh, actually, I think they moved it right to the top of the page now, uh, and, uh, and get on there and you check out the whole page and all the information that we have provided so worldwide peer support.com dot org dot org worldwide peer support dot org yes sir good deal good deal uh what else would you like to share maybe from your past your experience anything you think would be a benefit to others you've said over and over you want to be able to share what you can and then be a difference maker um Is yeah it, it's um really for me it's just like my my past it's everyone can for me as a fireman i'm kind of a you know everyone has a story everyone story is important it's uh mine really overlaps a lot of people's um you know just for the simple fact you know a lot of first responders come i didn't know this until i went through mental health but we actually come from you know troubled childhoods um you know i that's not 
you know, I'm not any different. Um, you know, I've had the bad calls, you know, just like every other fireman, you know, has been on or EMS personnel has been on. Um, after that, you know, I got injured on the job. You know, there's a handful of guys that, you know, lose their career every day from injury. I'm you know? sure. You know, so, you know, I battle that, you know, and then on top of that, I, I deal with, you know, I lost a kidney due to toxic smoke exposure. So I, I'm battling kidney disease on that. And with that, they don't even know, they don't even have a diagnosis. You know, I don't know what my future is. You know, I'll, you know, probably end up having a, you know, maybe transplant in the future, you know, dialysis. I don't know. How long um, ago was that? Uh, that was, lost the kidney? That was four years ago. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a case study out of Wake Forest. And uh, out of, for my back surgery, I'm a case study at a Cleveland clinic. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, things just kind of, you know, I'm just a, you know, walking case study. And uh, that's you know, another way just of helping a, people. A surgeon's not, dream. Yeah. <laughs> not one we'd wish for, no. but it's another way of helping people. Yeah, so and it's when a, we make ourselves vulnerable to serving others, we never know how that's going to play out. No. Do we? No. So it's, um, so it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, you know, everything that, you know, you know, I've been, you know, I've been through, you know, a lot of firemen can relate, um, you know, so a lot of people can tie from my story and then completely unrelated. I mean, it, it's, I've dealt like family history, my, my sisters, you know, she's, she's been on drugs, you know, multiple suicide attempts. Uh, my, my father was raised by two alcoholics, had to find his dad, you know, dead by suicide at 18. Um, you know, my son lost his best friend from suicide. Um, and, and it was really sad. He got tied up with some really bad people at his work. Um, you know, teenager at a work, you know, working a teenage job at a restaurant. And uh, those people that that person was tied to uh, were tied to the dark web. Okay. Um, those people targeted my son and was going to kill me and my family. So that was a uh, that was a that was a moment there. Wow. So um, yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot. There's a lot. There's of a dynamics. lot of going on. So yeah. So um, when I broke, it was I, my first my first therapist I went to go see uh, after every ther- after every session told me I was a lot. Um, the second one called me a bunch, and I got referred to a third one, and she took me because I was interesting and unique. So. Um, <laughs> So when I finally like really snapped, uh, I ended up going to the center of excellence. So uh, I figured I needed I needed an upgrade even yeah. further. So uh, my my story is long and vast. So it's Obviously. very yeah. Wow, it comes at you. It's kind of a shotgun approach yeah. and everything you've dealt with. Yeah. Okay, like throwing rice at the barn door and it's yeah. going to hit everywhere. Well, obviously, you've come a long way. The title of our podcast, and folks, we want you to know our podcast is now well over 27, 28,000. We're moving toward 30,000 listeners. So, uh, obviously, something's going right. We're glad that you've tuned in today. But going back, reminding you again, the title of our podcast is Faith in Your Recovery. What's that mean to you in your words and your life? In, in me, it's it's more um, you know it's more internal. I mean, it, it's you have it's you have to have faith in yourself. Um, you really do. Um, you have to you have to have faith in yourself, and um, and have faith in people around you um, that are willing to help. You know that are there because you can't do it alone. 
You know, you can't. I mean, I've, I tried. Dr. You know? Phil would say, how did that work for you? Yeah. You've got to go, it didn't. I tried. You know, I tried. And, and I also tell everybody, I was like, man, you know, everyone has a breaking point. You know, everyone does. You know, it, um, you know. The goal is to get help one yeah. moment before you reach it, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, there's there's no reason to, you know, it, it's mental health is your health. You know, and that that definitely holds true. Um you know, it, it age. You know, if you don't have good mental health, I mean, it'll age you. In it'll a hurry. You, well, you and you made a comment earlier. I'm not sure exactly how you said it, but your quality of life was was very minimal. It sounded like. Yeah, I mean, you know, was, you're dealing with that, and <laughs> your energies are spent hiding it instead of dealing with it that it took you into the darkness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and until we're willing to shine a light on that, let it be seen and admit it and step forward, we're going to continue to go down that spiral, that rabbit hole, I think you called it earlier. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Michael, is there anything else you'd like to share with some folks? No, I don't I don't think so. It, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, if you're if you're struggling, you know, reach out. You know, it, it is no shame. You know, like your your mental health is your health. I mean, it's you matter most, and and that's it. You know, it's it's like I said, it's you know you can't be a hundred percent for your family or the ones you love unless you're a hundred percent for yourself. Yeah. So I believe in people becoming everything they've been created to be, and if you're not dealing with your mental health, you're not going to yeah. get there. We all have our moments. We all have our times. I've had those dark times. We all have, and the key is to deal with it properly in a healthy way. Watch what we're thinking. Watch what we're doing. Watch our influence on others to step forward and to keep going. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, listen, we thank you for your time, and uh, we're glad you're here with us today at the FDIC, and we hope you'll have a safe journey back home. Thanks for the service you gave to the people of Ravenna, Ohio, in that area in your career. Thank you for what you're doing for folks now, for your sharing and your caring and offering yourself, and we hope all goes well in the future. All right. Thank you, sir. God bless, and thank you. Appreciate it.